Gentlemen, what is going on? Nick, how are you today? Charlie, I'm good. I'm very excited. We got Joe Yurden here with us. Joe, thank you for taking the time away from your extremely busy social life to talk with two schmoes. <laughs> Let me tell you, the social life right now is uh, uh, recharge the batteries now that uh, the, the Sabre schedule has kind of uh, come to a grinding halt because uh, it's all star break. Thank God for that, though. Nice 10-day vacation, huh? Yeah, it, yeah, it's weird, man. I, I mean, I don't travel nearly as much now as i as i did you know back in the day not that i traveled a ton before but um still like you're following the games all the time or 15 games in 28 days like a game every other day is just insane like i don't know how the players do it because they're actually they're actually playing but um yeah you got the easy job joe yeah right i mean it's i, I i'm i'm not complaining like i'm not complaining i'm just like my my sleep is hurting plus you know i was out sick last week so it was yeah and a whole other thing, but all right. Well, before we get started, let's tell people where they can find your work. Well, you can find my work uh, in a handful of places. Uh, I'm, I'm at Bleacher Report, doing a lot of stuff for their uh, their NHL coverage. There, uh, you can also find me at Noted Hockey on Substack, NotedHockey.substack.com. Uh, free subscriptions, paid subscriptions. It's five bucks a month, nice and easy. There, uh, I can help support me with what I'm doing there. Lots of Sabers coverage there, so I think that's probably more important for everybody to hear about that but uh, uh sometimes the ap as well it, i'm just everywhere i i it's it's unstoppable on oh, the maintenance day podcast too although hmm. repping my own podcast on your podcast is a little hey uh, that's fine we uh indie, but... we're equal opportunity listeners over here <laughs> <laughs> all right well joe uh let's talk let's get the sabers here the sabers had an opportunity if they had won their final game before the break to go into the all-star break in playoff position. Uh, they didn't. They lost five to one. Uh, all things considered, though, you got to say, I would imagine that it was a pretty good first half. Yeah. I would certainly say so. Uh, I know, I, I, I know everybody's kind of left with like a bad taste in their mouth after the, after the loss uh, on Wednesday. Keeps you hungry. That's right. That's right. You know, the, uh, it's, uh, it, but I, I mean, geez, I think if you told, told fans before the start of the season that by the time the all star break comes around, they're in the hunt, you know, after everybody has the, uh, the PTSD from, from having that phrase burned in their minds from, from Bill's seasons past. Uh, I think everybody would sign up for that with this, with this team, because it's, it's such a young group. It's such a young team that, you know, that being in this kind of position now is, is it's ahead of schedule, but also it's, it's very impressive considering because there's, it's, you know, it's the growth of, you know, it's Tate Thompson picking up where he left off. It's Dalene becoming, a, you know, a Norris Trophy level defenseman. Uh, you know, it's all these things. All these guys are on the on the come up right now, and it's all coming together. But like, there's still there's still bigger steps to take, which is makes it even more fun. Charlie, I got to ask you kind of the same thing because you know we we get into maybe some Sabers at the end of our Bills podcast, and I see you you have playoffs twinkling in your eyes here. How are you feeling about the Sabers this far through the season? Yeah, you know, I, it, it's it's hard not to get excited right now with this with this hockey team. I think it's been something that the city has been waiting on and the families has been waiting on for a long time to be able to get excited and get behind this this hockey team. And um, you know, it's fun watching games and seeing a packed house for once. You know, Ryan Millenite was incredible to watch. You know, on TV, Nick, you were there. You know, and and just hearing hearing the packed house for that game and um, you know the Minnesota game a few weeks ago. That game was. It was quite an exciting game itself. I'll tell you what, 
Sign me up for a seven-game series of Buffalo-Minnesota. I don't care. Move Minnesota to the Eastern Conference, throw them in the playoffs with Buffalo. That'd be a, a hell of a series. But, you know, it's just really cool seeing the city get back behind the Sabres. And I'll tell you what, if, if the Sabres make the playoffs this year, you know, usually you see Bill stuff up here around lately, you know, around the city of Buffalo. I think you start seeing the Bills flags come down and the Sabres flags go up, uh, you know, and, and people start being proud to to be Sabres fans again. Yeah, it's 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 funny because we would see people in Sabres jerseys in previous years, and you just kind of like, like, oh man, they're they're going through it. I I we get it, but La- people, dirty laundry. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, so I got to go get quarters to do laundry. So I threw my Sabres jersey on, but um, but it's it, it it's funny. I mean, just I mean, I think about it this way. I, you know, they, they bring back the red and black Jersey, you know, like that's going to be their alternate for the next couple of years. And they sell out of them immediately. Like it's just, you know, and that's a throwback to, I mean, basically about that same time, but it's, you know, it's mid late nineties, early two thousands with that. And, um, and it's, it sounds mean to say it, but like, that's the last time they were really relevant, you know, on the the big picture scale of things, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily in Buffalo because they're, they're always relevant in the city and, Unless it was like the past previous like five years or so, but, um, but like just on a on a national attention scale, even a regional attention scale, like that's such a big deal uh, for, for people to kind of tap into that again and uh, to have that connection, and then having you know Miller, you know Miller's retirement ceremony, that was uh, number retirement ceremony, it was just it was just such a nice night, and you know we're talking to a bunch of the guys that were there for that, it was. Uh, you know, I talked with Drew Stafford because you know, he and I got along pretty well. Well, you know, that was like my first couple seasons here while he was here, his last couple seasons here. Um, but he, he pointed out, he goes, he goes, this is basically the entire 2008, 2009 team that came mm-hmm. out for this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, cause I was like, oh yeah, who was the backup? Oh no, no, Patrick Aleem. He was, he's right there. But, um, but it just, it, this is part of like what they got to do to, rebuild sort of the uh um trust i don't know if it's trust with the fan base but just kind of get everybody back on board again because things got so sideways for the past few years and now it's a fun team to watch they're exciting they score a lot of goals they're winning games uh they they come back and get like they get down you know two three goals in a game Previous years, you're just like, well, I can shut this off. They're not winning. Now it's like, well, let's, third period's coming. Let's see what they got. You know, it's it's become that kind of team, which is just for an entertainment value mm-hmm. perspective, it's such a big deal. And it's, it's it's you know, and I mean, listen, I've, I've been covering here since 2013, 14, right when things really got bad uh, quality-wise. And it's it's – it's something else to see it come together because we got glimpses of it in the past, you know, the, the 10 game win streak, um, you know, the, 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 you know, the big October, uh, the one year where you know, like Carter Hutton was like an unbeatable goaltender for a month. And it was kind of like, wow, <laughs> that changed quick. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> things happen, but um, you got tastes of it in the past, you know, and I, I, geez, that the, the winning streak, I just think of the game against the flyers where they just ran all over them. I think it was like a seven, one game or it's like a throw throwback to like 2002 where they're, you know, just completely kicking the flyers in the face and, you know, the place was packed going nuts. Everybody's going bananas about it. It was, it was like, wow, man, if they can figure this out, this would be a lot of fun to go to the games more often. And you know, we're getting there. It's, it's starting to get there. 
Well, you talk about goal scoring, Joe. Um, you know, obviously, Tage Thompson has really taken that step that I think you know Kevin Adams and and the rest of us, uh, uh, you know, and and, and the coach staff all wanted him to take. But what about the resurgence? And I guess you could say resurgence of uh, Jeff Skinner this year. I think you're finally not hearing the talk of oh, is that contract too big for Jeff Skinner? He's really starting to play up to that potential of that contract. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> It's almost impossible to not snark about Ralph Kruger when you bring up Skinner or Darlene or <laughs> pick a name out of a hat uh, of guys that that played that played there that were playing here for, under him. Uh, the, the Skinner thing though is what is the one that really sticks out for me. Uh, it, well, him and Darlene, it's like one A one B. But for in Skinner's case, like I mean, we remember when uh, like he snapped out of like a gold drought and you know. Ralph kind of said, he's like, well, you know, it's a, you know, he goals are a thing that he enjoys doing because he's a goal scorer. And it's like, dude, like what? And it was like, it was like some kind of like, um, uh, like personal level, uh, like he had like, I don't know if it was like 300th goal or 400th goal, whatever it was, but it was just kind of was like, yeah, well, you know, those are things that are important to, to guys like him. Was, that's a weird way to say that. Like, what, like just say you're happy for the guy. Yeah. Say so you say it all weird, but you know, that, and then, you know, putting him on the taxi squad, but not putting him on the taxi squad and, you know, uh, playing him third and fourth line, like all the time. And everybody's like, why isn't this guy scoring goals? I was like, well, I don't know. Vlad Saboka is not setting him up. So I, it's, <laughs> you know, I, I still I, understood why would they take him off Eichel's line, but that's the, you know, we're hoping we're, we're, uh, we're beyond questions like that. I think is, is the, your right. bigger point. Yeah. It, yeah. Right. Like, you know, big offensive weapon, take him off the line with other offensive weapons. And suddenly it's, he's not producing the same way. Uh, I, how'd that happen? I don't know. It's, it's a mystery for everybody to try to figure out, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's just that, just that the fact that it was Granado, you know, Granado was on the bench for Ralph. So like he was sees everything going on there. And the second he took over, he's like, okay, Jeff, Let's get you with a couple of guys that that can push the pace, that can play play some offense and and get things going and find you know and he he and Tage Thompson just bonded together immediately, like they became like an instant like kind of duo there. And then you know Tuck you know Tuck comes comes in and boy oh boy you got one of the best lines in the NHL and Jeff Skinner's on it again. That's that's weird how that happened. And we remember that one was Jack and Sam with with Skinner and they all they did was score goals and. They're, they're the one dangerous line on the team, and now they have a few of them. So uh, in Skinner's case, yeah, it's funny. The contract doesn't really get talked about too much anymore. Um, it may in another couple of years when other guys have to get their contracts mm-hmm. uh, extended or they're getting the long-term stuff, you know, Darlene, Cousins, you know, all these guys. Um, then you might be like, well, geez, we're paying this guy $9 billion. But if he's scoring 30 goals a year, nobody cares. It's just like, nope, he's worth the money. And you know what? <laughs> the weird way to look at the Ralph era is that he so much went sideways with that is that it basically paused his his window for two years. You know, Because you hit 30 and then things start to go south in the NHL. Well, he got – And not in the NHL. Right, right. He basically got, well, yeah. <laughs> he basically got like two years paused on his career by getting, you know, knocked around in the lineup from from Ralph and all the stuff that just didn't work for him. So uh, maybe that extends his 
the life of that contract a couple more years just because you're going to get more production out of them. Well, let me ask you this. You mentioned Ralph Kruger, you mentioned Don Granado. Um, really, what is the big difference, I guess, between the two coaches? Obviously, you know, we know what we see with our eyes. We know what we see on the bench. But in, in your opinion, you know, what difference do you see with this team between a Ralph Kruger coach team and a Don Granado coach team? With Don, I see a team that he you – know, well, their philosophies are different. Ralph's, Ralph's philosophies were – to play it very tight defensively and his strengths as a coach, because he he's done well in other places. I, you know, I didn't work here, which is obvious, but uh, the way he did well in other places was that he, if he was coaching a team that he recognized the talent level, wasn't as good as others or, you know, around him. I, I think of, you know, he coached Switzerland in the Olympics. The Swiss have a solid program, but they're not on the level with Russia, with the U S with Canada, with Sweden. Like they can't, hang with those teams they're close but they can't do it all the time but if you're going to get into a game against them the one day the the one way you can make it easier for yourself is to make it harder on them and that means tightening the game up make it you know a slog to get through and try to keep the goals down because you know you can't keep up with it but you could score two could you could even score three and that's how you can win trying to do that within an nhl team and being very ardent about your system and his system was was much tougher defensively um you know especially going from from phil housley to ralph kruger where phil was very run and gun ralph was not that um Mm. and it was it was evident like because their fancy stat numbers were a bit better you know compared to phil even though you know the phil team scored a little more goals scored a few more goals um (coughs) ralph just really he was it's such a night and day difference because because Don does not, he, you know, he he pays attention to those details. Like, let's not get it lost here. It's not like he's just all run and gun, but he he knows better to to lean on the strengths of what his guys can do. Whereas Ralph, it was strict system. Don is not a strict. He has a system, but it's not strictly where it's you know forcing a lot of square pegs and around holes where. You know, if you're not doing your job, then eh, whatever, it's not going to work. These guys, he, he, he knows how to help make this better for all of these guys. And when you got the guys that can run, let them run. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's really where it comes from. Plus, you know, Don's whole thing is he, he doesn't want to coach boring hockey. He wants to coach entertaining <laughs> hockey. He wants to coach the, the kind of hockey that we're watching, which, oh boy, I wish every coach in the NHL could do that <laughs> because it would be a lot more fun. Instead, you know, you get your New York Islanders out there where you're just, you're, you know, wishing to throw your head through a window. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a different thing. And, you know, in Don's case, he's such more of a down to earth guy. Like he just, he, he, I mean, he cares about all the players. That's not to say that Ralph didn't, I'm sure he does, but, um, but it seems a lot more, parental uh mm-hmm. like you know like a warm family kind of thing as opposed to the strict coach player dynamic it seems a lot more uh a lot more warm that way and you know the, the players reflect that too like they're everybody's you know pretty chill i mean it helps they're all really young so you know there's not a lot of you know a lot of big ego stuff going on there but um but I mean, it's it's yeah. It's, it's go, I I just think of the like the past handful of coaches and how the, how big a change it was going from each of them. You know, you start with 
I don't, I don't even know what Ron Ralston's whole thing was, but you, you know, you start there. Wasn't very long that he was there. And then you go into Ted Nolan and that was, you know, I mean, that was a whole weird situation, but we know what Ted's style was. It was very old school style and, you know, deliver a lot of hits. Don't be very good fancy stat wise and just try to hang around in games. But, you know, guys played, they, guys played, through, you know, go through walls for him. They loved him. Uh, Bilesma. Dan was, Dan was trying to do the same stuff in Pittsburgh that he did here. And it was with a group that, you know, didn't come up together. It was a lot of guys, you know, there's a handful of guys that, that kind of came together, but there was a lot of guys that came from other places and you're just like, okay, well, you know, and a lot of, a lot of what Dan did drove guys crazy and not from like the coaching perspective, just like the attitude perspective, you know, there's a lot of it. Like you can trust what a coach tells you if you like him. I don't think the guys liked him very much. And mm-hmm. Phil, Phil Housley was the exact opposite of that. They love Phil. Uh, and I think they respect Phil, but it was just wasn't working. You know, it didn't work and you got to, you know, changes get made. And then Ralph comes in. They like Ralph. Same kind of deal, just opposite style of Ralph. And now Don is like the, it, it's, it's so, it's so easy and to make the Ted Lasso kind of <laughs> comparison with, with Don, but it's, but ex- except, you know, Don's coached hockey his whole life. It's not like he was coaching. <laughs> he knows the game. <laughs> right. He wasn't coaching baseball, and then they threw him into hockey and just kind of like, all right, well, let's just do what we do in baseball here. But uh, but it's it's just in the ease and the friendliness of how he of how he handles things. And you know, it, and it's not like he lets, you know, the uh, the inmates run the asylum, so to speak. He knows how to crack down on these guys. And we've seen Don after games where they didn't they didn't meet the expectations and he's pissed. So I don't know. It's uh and it's it's a lot of change for everybody to handle players and us alike. <laughs> so, but, before before we, we push it forward, I know we've been talking about the offense and Tage Thompson. Is there any any concern with that with that injury? We saw he's out of the All Star game with the injury. Is that mm-hmm. are we worried about that long term, or is that? Uh, I I got to know what it is. I know they say upper body. You know, we saw them. You know, we saw the video of uh, them working on his back during the game, like the trainer was checking his back. So I, I don't know if it's a back thing. That's, I mean, that's worrisome because backs, you, know, you need them. You can't, <laughs> you can't, can't have a bad back and play hockey. I mean, you look at what happens, what's happening with Mark Stone in Vegas. He's getting back surgery for like the second straight season. And now you're like, is this guy's career done? Like that would be horrible if that's the case, but that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff that can happen. But uh, it, but like, you know, we don't have an idea, you know, Frank Cervalli said, uh, it doesn't seem like it's a long-term issue. So that's good. Is it something that gets figured out once we get past, get through the all-star break and everything's good? I hope so. That'd be good because, uh, that kind of test for this team to go without your top guy. I mean, you're in the middle of a playoff race. I don't know if that's a test I want them to really take on, but they'll meet it head on and, and do what they can to, to get through it. You know, with um, I, I was listening to his pregame press conference yesterday because I was driving back from down south for work, and I was listening to it, and, and they were asked about the Oscar game. I'm like, man, he doesn't even sound like he really even wants to go. So I texted <laughs> my buddy after he, that said he was out. I go, he planned that whole thing. He wants to be hurt, so he can't go. He wants to go to the, the Aruba or wherever he's going with his, with his wife instead of going to Florida. Like, he's smart. Apparently, Darlene was supposed to be going to the Bahamas or something. Yep. And, uh, you know, I guess he's got to change that ticket. 
Yeah, it's yeah. No, Tage was Tage is very excited to go. I'm sure he's <clears throat> he was bummed out about not being able to take part of that. And now, you know, now Donnelly has to take his place in the hardest shot competition. So I'm like, that's ah, a it's a bummer. I was like, how does you know? And it's not like Donnelly has a soft shot. He does not. Right. But I was compared to the other guys in the All Star Weekend. I'm like, how does he end up in that? I'm oh right, he's just. I would have loved to see him in some of the passing ones. Yeah, right. That or like accuracy shootout or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, but uh, yeah, hardest shot's not his thing. But I'm like, yeah, he's literally taking Tage's place in that because that's the one I wanted to see. As soon as Tage was announced, I was like, put him in the hardest shot right now. Let's let's get him in there and see how that works. But uh, but no, he was he was geeked to go to the All Star. I mean, it's first time getting named. Like right. You know, even Crosby and Ovechkin are showing up. Like it's that's it's it's a big deal as long as everybody goes. Uh, which now now that they you know they suspend guys for a game if they don't go, yeah, it's a good way to make sure guys go. But also putting it in South Florida in the middle of winter is a really good way to make sure mm-hmm. guys will go to it. But yeah, Darlene, uh, Darlene and a handful of the guys were were set to go to the Bahamas like right away uh, mm-hmm. today, today Friday, thir- Friday Thursday. <sighs> thursday yes uh they were they were ready to fly they were flying out on thursday to go to the bahamas it's a whole crew of of those guys going down so uh he'll have to meet them probably on sunday sunday uh sunday afternoon or something or maybe hell saturday night whatever get fly in, <laughs> catch a night flight to the islands and join it's everybody a, in the club. it's a nice easy flight out of south florida to get uh, yeah, to the true. <laughs> you know I, I, got, I have a friend of mine whose husband is the video coach for the rangers he used to be the video coach in buffalo mm-hmm. um but he's a video coach for the Rangers. They've been down in South Florida all week. I'm like, yeah, I got a whole another week down there yet. It must be nice. It must be nice. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, we got single digit temperatures coming in, so it's. Yeah, they, they also need media guys down there. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I mean, listen, I've done I've done an All Star game before. It's a fun time. I don't really need to do another one, even though it's in Miami. Like that would be cool. Right. Although, the rumor is, and I think we're probably gonna hear an announcement about it probably this weekend the rumor is that toronto's going to host it next year so that'll be fun that'll be ridiculous yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you're going to have everybody going up there nobody has an excuse now no no i think that'll be a good one you know it's uh you know the all-star game and the all-star break itself now is interesting that the, the teams get so much of a break which i think is going to benefit buffalo we've seen them really have to struggle the last couple of weeks trying to fit multiple games in in, in, in short days not practicing um to me, and, and I want both of your guys' opinion on this, it seems like not practicing has really started to affect the power play because they really have had no time to really practice that. Um, and you've really seen the power play numbers really take a hit. Yeah, I, I mean, that's definitely part of it. I think it, the other part is you're not getting a lot of power play. You're not getting a lot of penalties called in games, period. So you're getting one or two cracks at it in a game as opposed to you're getting three, four, five shots at it earlier in the season. Like the, the semi-playoff rule book has started to rear its ugly head in the middle of the season, which you know, it always happens, but yeah, the practice time for, for power play work is, is a big one. And, you know, if you're not crisp on it and you're not, you know, you're not staying fresh on it, or if you're not, you know, getting a lot of opportunities game to game, it's going to suffer just because mm-hmm. you, you know, it's, you know, I mean, it's special teams, so you're just not going to get a, get to get a lot of work at it to practice your passes, your entries, your setups, the whole thing. And, We've seen that happen the last couple of games where the you know the the, the zone entries looked looked awkward, uh, you know the the in zone play looks a little bit off. You know that 
they're tele, you know, a lot of the stuff is very telegraphed. Yeah. Like you put, you got, when you have Tage Thompson out or Victor Olofsson out there, you're like, well, I wonder where they're going to go. And they're looking right at those guys. And even in Tage's case, like they would, one of the PKers would be strictly assigned to follow him around the ice, which I, it's the right idea. I'm just like, wow, how come, how come they never did it with Stamkos and Ovechkin <laughs> over the years? How did that not happen? Did you see the video of, of Ovechkin just literally standing on the dot during the one pot? Like they had a defender totally assigned him. He's just literally standing there with the stick off the ice doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Defender leaves for one second and bang, one timer yep. in the net goal. That's the thing. Like that's the Tage Thompson treatment, you know. You just... <laughs> but it's like it, like that's the PK instinct, though. Like the puck gets down close, you're like, oh crap! Well, let's try to get down and get it. Well, there's your mistake, and now you've left him alone for you know a fraction of a second too long, where he can just blast it by. Uh, and Thompson's taking taking advantage of that a couple of times this year, but uh, but like you need more, you need a little bit more movement out there. On the you know when when you have that kind of thing happening where you got somebody just being shadowed so heavily you gotta you have to move pieces around because then if somebody is trying to follow them all over the place well you can run them into some other people and maybe open it up for somebody else um, but uh, yeah it's yeah not having the practice time is it, it's tough in that respect but listen the uh, schedule does not get light once we uh once we get out of the uh, all-star break and start getting into the end of february into march it's going to be very close to being the not quite as ridiculous but it's going to be pretty close to about the same i think it's going to be like 16 i think it was like 16 games in 31 days maybe which is somehow worse than 15 and 28 like it's 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 going to be it's going to be tough so, Joe, like, let's say going into this season, you may have thought Rasmus Dahlin was going to become an all-star. You may have even thought Tage Thompson was going to take another step and be, be a fantastic goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Outside of those two, who else has really impressed you this year? Oh, man. Uh, Dylan Cousins, uh, big time. Easy answer. Yeah, <laughs> that's the layup. That That's the one I, I'm fully patting myself on the back for because – because everybody said, well, who's who's your guy that's going to have a big year? I'm like, it's going to be Cousins. Mm-hmm. Why is that? He didn't really put up points last year. And I go, well, let's get a change. <laughs> because it, it, the way he played last season, he did all the <coughs> he did all the stuff that you want uh, hmm. to see, like it, you know, the zone entry stuff, the carries, the, the you know, the attention to detail on defense, the physical play, all the stuff. He was doing all that stuff last year. He just didn't have goal. He just didn't have any puck luck. Uh, now he's got puck luck and it's, and it's luck and it's equal parts that and putting himself in the right position, even better positions to score goals and, uh, you know, driving the net a little bit more, being a little bit more omnipresent, uh, in the, in the offensive zone. And, you know, it helps having two rookie wingers, you know, on, on your side that tend to maybe not defer to you, but like they're looking for you, uh, when you're in the zone. So, uh, so yeah, cousins, yeah. Cousins has been incredible. Um, now, Cousins is a restricted free agent at the end of the year, I believe. Are you mm-hmm. thinking they just they just go big for it? Are they going to, would, you, would you bridge deal him? I mean, well, here's how, the, how do you weigh it given that he wasn't super productive until this year? Uh, I think the right way to look at it is because, you, I mean, he's one person you, you got to get re-signed. But then you're looking down the road two, three years where you're like, well, it's Dal- in two years, it's Darlene. 
So that's going to be a monstrous contract. Like that's going to be huge. Uh, Owen Power, I think next year can be bridged or, you know, try to throw an eight-year contract on him. Like you can do that then. Um, Yoki Haru's contract is coming up. Not, not that you're paying him, you know, big bucks, but like it's going to be a raise. Um, and then, you know, you get past that and you got Krebs, Paterka, Quinn, like those guys down the road, like, you know, what if one of, you know, what if Quinn breaks out next year and has 45 goals? Okay. Like, you know, it's a good problem to have, you know, great problem to have, but then it's like, okay, well now the, the cost to resign them is just skyrocketed. So, so that, that's, that's what you have to keep in mind for it. I think in cousins case, I think you have to try to get them long-term because I think if you push the cart down the road with a, with a bridge deal, you're going to have them running up against, you know, you're talking about like he's the one guy you got to get done this off season. If you push it two years down the road, it's like, okay, well now we got to get him done and Owen power. And, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's Quinn and, and Pater- or Quinn and Paterka or whatever. Like, you don't want to have all these contracts come up at the same time. I think you want to try to stagger it a little bit just to kind of make it a little easier to manage your cap. Not, not in the sense of, um, you know, whether they're coming up, you know, if they're going up against the cap or any, because I mean, they're not like, they're, they're, no, they're they're not right over the floor. Um, but just in a, in a way of just trying to get your books in order for how how you're going to handle things going ahead because you're going to go from being hovering above the floor to being right back up right back up towards the to the top end of the the cap just because all these guys are going to get raises and then you're like okay let's let's try to not make it so that one off season you're doing three of those big deals at once and Mm -hmm. you know and then you don't know what you're getting into when you get into free agency in july you know, like that's that's the kind of stuff you want to avoid. So I'd say get him done. Try if he if he doesn't want long term, then okay. You know, bridge him, figure it out. But uh, I don't. You know, I'm sure the team wants to avoid having something like that go on. I don't. That's nobody wants to have stuff like that drag out. But uh, I'll be very curious to see like what the first the first offer is or was to him. I don't know that they've discussed it yet, but um, but I'll be very interested to see what that first. Uh, the first sales pitch is going to be to him. You mentioned the the the, the two rookies and, and obviously Krebs. Um, I feel like those three have really come along, you know, as the year has gone on. Quinn has kind of started to settle in a little bit, a little bit more. Paterka as well. I know Granado sat both those guys at one point a few few games ago. They came back and and looked a lot fresher, a lot better. Um, what are your opinions on? Quinn and Paterka and, and, and Krebs. Why not Krebs too? I mean, they seem to finally be NHL players. Yeah. I, I, I know you asked for, you know, guys who've stood out and surprised me. Krebs is one of them um, because the expectation with him was that he was going to be in that scorer class of center. Like you're expecting him to be, you know, fighting it out with cousins to be the center on that, that line with Paterka and Quinn. Uh, instead he's, now he's centering Gergensen's and Opposo, which a lot of people think is as a punishment for for whatever reason. I'm like, well, they're, they're like that's the fourth line. I'm like, well, by name, but they play all the hardest minutes. They get the tough assignments. They play the you know the the, the big situations. You need somebody good to be on that line. You're not just throwing 
you know, the the scraps from your your bench out there to 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 handle those situations. That Krebs is the guy that's helping them out is a big compliment to him because it means he's he's playing well enough defensively and mindful enough defensively. And the offensive skills are still there. I mean, the pass, some of the passes he makes are out of this world. And, you know, he's popped a couple of goals. He's gotten a couple of fights, which he's just, he's kind of sheepish about. He's, he's kind of like, ah, well, you know, you know, sometimes it happens. He's like, also, you know, staying in my weight class too. I'm not, not picking, not picking fights with like Ryan Reeves or anybody like that, but absolutely. Uh, but it's, um, but for like, for a guy like that, I mean, that's, that's a huge compliment to him because he is going to move up in the lineup eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a question of how it works out and, you know, who ends up playing on the wing with him. I, I, I could, you know, we get down the road. I could see a guy like Yuri Kulik playing with him. And I like him too. You're looking at like a really fun, de- tough defensively, playing line but they can score goals too like that's that's how i look with them uh with paterka and quinn it's interesting they push the pace really well um they really I, they have such a good both of them have such good minds for for how to handle themselves in the ozone and i i like that paterka doesn't shy away from shooting because a lot of guys at this age will defer off to uh, you know a veteran guy in the line and just be like okay you t- you can take it now the veteran guy in the line is 21 years old and in his second year in the NHL so it's not really it's not really like a, a deferring kind of thing so they so it makes them work out well but um but Paterka has like he's he's got he's he has like no shame in whatsoever like trying to make a move to, to you know to score uh he's got really slick hands like it's it's good and Quinn Quinn scored some goals this year where I don't know how he's put it, like how that shot happens the way he's made it, uh, but he's done it. And then it's by the goal and the goalie's even like, what the hell? How did that guy shoot it like that? Are you kidding me? Like that guy's like, nobody shoots that way. And he does that. Uh, and he does it with a, enough regularity where you're like, okay, is this just like a, is this is the thing he does or is this just kind of like all, you know, coincidentally fluky but but his i mean his shot is insane he's got a really good shot uh and he's very shifty and that's that's a that's a big value to have with a group like that because cousins is very straight line uh in a lot of ways he's you know he's very he's a very good skater too but um but his game is a little bit more straight line than the other two guys the other two are are a bit more uh, you know, they're a bit more adventurous with the skate. And I mean that in a good way, not, not like, Oh boy, they're wandering away. Like what's going on here? Not, not that way, but you mean uh, it in a Don Granada way and not in a Ralph Kruger way. <laughs> that's right. Exactly. It's, it's a good adventure. It's not, you know, <coughs> hiking off the Matterhorn with, you know, without a, without a, you know, without shoot, without shoes on. But, um, but yeah, it's, it, it it's, they're guys that I can't wait to see what they become as their careers go on. I can't wait to see how their careers evolve from, from this point on, because it, it's very exciting to watch. It was very exciting to watch them last year in Rochester. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's why everybody was screaming to have them up here <laughs> halfway through the season last year. Like I get it, but, uh, but it, it's like, it, it's, it's a growing year for, for, for those guys, you know, for Quinn, for Paterka, for 
uh, Krebs. Like, it's the year for them to really kind of establish themselves and, and to build on this and then move upward. That they're having enough success right now is, again, it's a, it's an impressive thing to see because you know this is just the start for for those guys. This is not you know them trying to figure it out at twenty five. So you 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 mentioned that uh, Dylan Cousins is probably the one that you've been most surprised with. Uh, who is the one that you've been um, you know most disappointed with, and why is it Casey Middlestat? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, see. I I've got a I've got a big soft spot for Casey because the dude works his ass off. He does. He does. He, he's like he works his absolute ass off, and like I, you know, the mistakes he make aren't they're not for lack of trying, lack of effort, lack of any of that stuff. It's just. Um, it's a lot of him, you know, f- you know, figuring out like what he could do. There's a lot of things like with his game where I'm just kind of like, I don't do it that way. Just do it, do it a little bit more normal, but then you're, you're kind of taking, taking some things away from him that he's good with. But, um, but yeah, it, like with him and Victor at five on five, like that's, I want to stress that the five on five play for those two is, is the part where it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's it, it is a bit inconsistent, uh, and like when they're on, my goodness, like there was a good two week stretch there where they were on, and you're like, oh boy, this this team's loaded now, and you're feeling good about things. And you know, the last couple of games, not quite as omnipresent as they as they have been. Uh, and I, I think it's, I think with with him and for both of them, I think it's a lot of how they handle the, uh, the, the confidence ups and downs with, with play. Cause if it's not going right, man, like the heads just get down and they're just like, and they're fighting it. Like they can, they can have a brave face on and do all that, but you know, they're fighting it. They're trying. Sometimes it's trying a little too hard, maybe pushing things to a point where you're just like, okay, just settle it down, make the easier play and, and go from there. Um, but that's where, that's where the, the frustration is. I think with, with those guys, just because, you know, we we know they're capable of better than that, and you know of being more consistent, and that's that's where that's where it gets tough for me. But um, but it, again, it, I I I can't dog on them just because I know how hard they work. You know, every day at practice, you see, you know, they're some of the you know Casey's definitely one of the last guys that comes off the ice all the time because he's always you know I mean it's these guys having fun out there too. Like it's not just serious you know, you know, doing like, you know, Rocky Balboa punching, you know, sides of beef out there. In the ice or anything <laughs> like that. It's, it's, they're just doing, you know, they're just, you know, they're having fun with it, but it's, it's competitive learning too. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's tough, but I mean, man, I, I just think about it. Like if they can get, if they can get those guys to do that, to play solid, consistent hockey more often, I mean, that's a team that makes the playoffs to mm-hmm. me. Like that's because then you're you're rolling three lines that can that can, you know, can score goals. And if you're scoring five, six a game, other team other most other teams can't keep up with that. Like that's 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 the big thing there. And you know, now that they're getting normal goaltending, at least you know, league average goaltending now, it's it makes a big difference. I want to talk quickly about defense too, because this year's Sabres have shown that they can they can fill up the net, but keeping them out has been a little bit of an issue. So Rasmus Dahlin, obviously amazing. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna maybe skip over Owen Power for this discussion too, because he's 
20 years old and I'm sure we all believe in him outside of those two, like, like take me through who, who do you like, who, who do we actually believe can be, should, could be, or should be part of this team going forward as they, as they keep getting better here. You know, you can points is maybe not the best way to look at defensemen, but it's like, it's Rasmus Dahlin and then a black hole. So yeah, just talk, talk to me here on, on defense. These guys, they're all signed next year. I, I think, uh, there's, Mm-hmm. Who do we like, and may, maybe even a segue into is are any of these maybe people you might want to move at the deadline? Uh, I Samuelson, I to me is the perfect complement to to both Darlene and to Power, uh, just because his brand of game is the exact opposite. I and some a lot, it's one of these things where a lot of folks outside of Buffalo it, you know, within hockey media looked at that deal and they're like, what is going on there? Like that guy doesn't score any points. He's not do- like, what, what does he bring into them that makes them pay that much money for him? And then you're, I'm like, watch a game. You'll see, you'll understand. Like watch, a, watch a few of their games. You'll get why they paid him that. And it's, he's the guy that unlocks a lot of the offensive play from Don, at least the Orleans part. Like he's the guy that, that allows Darlene to have more freedom to roam and to jump into the play on the offensive end of things. Hmm. Um, because, and Darlene's even said this before. He's like, he's like, I know he's like, I know Sammy's going to be back there. He's got he, like, he's at least there's going to be him back there. And, and it made me think of like previous seasons with Darlene, like, you know, whoever he was paired up with. And I'm like, well, a lot of times he was paired up with Ristolainen, and I was like, well, could you count on Ristolainen being the last guy back there? Probably not. Has he scored yet? He has. He scored a couple goals now. Wow! So right. Good for him, including a shorty. Somehow he scored a shorty. So wow! Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Um, but 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 Samuelson allows for that because because he's not jumping into the offensive play too much. Like he has to take some shots to keep other defenses uh, uh, to get their respect because. Because it'd be like, well, we know he's not going to take any shots because because Darlene's going to get all of them, or you know, one of the other fours is. So nobody shadows him, which gives him a lot of ice to kind of jump into the play. Then as soon as he steps up a couple, you know, takes a couple strides forward, then they're like, that guy's not really going to do this, is he? He's not going to really take a shot, will he? And got to keep everybody honest. But um, but his defensive play, I mean, geez, it looked rough against Carolina. Everybody looked rough against Carolina. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that guy, that guy takes on so much of it, and it's you know it's the physical play, it's the defensive smarts, um, it's the, it's the threat of him hammering you into the boards. I think that keeps a lot of a lot of opposing teams a little bit more aware when they're going into corners or going up along the boards because. And it's not that he's a dirty hitter; he's not. But would you want to get hit by a 215, 20 pound, two hundred twenty pound guy going along the wall? No. No thanks, no. Not looking forward to that one. So, no, no. Uh, so I, that's that's what he does. It's it's so much like how he it, it it's not so much like how he played like his dad. His dad used to like his dad was a straight up D defensive defenseman, uh, and you know Gel was a, more of a shot blocker and a physical guy. Whereas Samuelson can skate, he can make a good first pass. He can you know and he can hit and he can clean up the front of the net. Like that's that's where his value is and that's that's what makes him a, 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 a mandatory part of everything going forward uh internet really doesn't care for henry yoki haru but the team the coaches the players they all trust him um 
and he he just plays like a normal game like it's you know he doesn't do the stuff that power or Darlene does he doesn't drop you know you know drop guys like samuelson can or labushkin can like like that's not what his game is it's just his game is just as long as you're not noticing him he's done his job for the night like that's so cliche for defensemen but that's totally what it is for him and you know he's got some capability like he's got a little bit of offensive touch to his game uh, it's just he doesn't need to do it. Owen Power can Owen Power is more than capable of taking care of that. But Henry will jump in. He's that's where that parent can get a little bit can get a little bit uh, you know hang on to your seat sometimes. But um, but but they but they implicitly trust Henry, and I know that drives a lot of people crazy. But you can tell that it works, and it, it it's it doesn't always really show itself up in the numbers, the advanced numbers, all that stuff, but. Um, but it works. And if he's your number three in the future, like if he's on your third pair defense, that's pretty good too. Like that would be, that would be almost even better, but for, for what they need, he's, he's fine. Uh, Labushkin. I, I think when you come down to the third pair, uh, I think the willingness to, uh, to hang on to some of those guys is a little, is a bit less like, you know, they like what Labushkin can do, the physical stuff, the the doesn't give a crap attitude, like all that stuff. They love that from him. He's unfazed by everything. <laughs> I noticed mean, that. He like he can get hammered and just be like, oh cool, great. I'll come and hammer you later. Like that's that's just how he goes about his business. He, it's I, I respect him for it. Um, you know, Bryson Bryson's uh abilities are the, it's the hockey, it's the it's the puck intelligence, and uh, you know his ability to move it and and to to do things like that. It's it, it's it. The the thing is, he's not as good as no one's as good as Power. No one's as good as Darlene. Like that, we're talking top twenty level. Def- I mean, in Power's case, like a top twenty level in the league defenseman. In Darlene's case, a top five you know, top three in the league defenseman. Like that's, it's an impossible bar to be, to be set up. There are some problems with coverage sometimes and um, some mistakes here and there, but you know, it's your third pair. Like that's got to happen. Nobody rolls a a perfect six on defense every night. Like it just doesn't happen. Uh, Kale Clegg, man, oh man, I I would love to see him play more uh, because I think he's, he's, he's really, he's really good for the role that he's come in for uh where he's you know they, they had to press him into duty a bunch and sure enough he ended up being Owen Powers partner for for a stretch while guys were out you're like how's this guy's partner then you watch him play and you're like oh cool no i get it i understand it's it's one of those things where it's it's half eye test half half numbers and you're just like i don't understand it and like numbers don't really say it i watch it and it doesn't really make sense but it does and i don't and that's just where it is but um, but yeah, I mean, that's why Clegg didn't go back down. Like that's, that's, that's why Lawrence pilot went back down. Clegg was Clegg played so well. Uh, but do those guys stop? Do those three guys stop you from making a deal? No. Like if you're going to add somebody that's going to maybe, maybe be a guy that plays in your top four on defense, mm-hmm. uh, those guys aren't preventing it. Well, so, so let me ask you about that, right? Trade deadlines coming up. Um, you know, I think there's a few, few options on the table for Buffalo, right? They have, a goaltending starting to get figured out. I think, you know, UPL starting to come around and starting to become that goalie that they wanted him to become. Mm-hmm. You got Devin Levy, 
who they got a trade last year from Florida or two years ago from Florida, last year from Florida, whenever they got him. Um, that was the, they, Reinhardt, the Reinhardt trade. Wasn't yeah, it? the Reinhardt trade. Yeah, yeah. So they got him in the Reinhardt trade. Then you got also got Eric Portillo at Michigan, who sounds like he may be the odd one out. He doesn't seem to want to come to Buffalo at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also got Ryan Johnson, another option. Hasn't signed his contract yet with Buffalo. Maybe be a trade option as well. Mm-hmm. Um, first part of that question, where does Buffalo need to you know improve the most? And do you see anyone in particular of them going out to bring in? Um, and, and who's going out? And then on top of that, what do you see going on with this goaltending carousel between who is here now and who is – still playing at, at, at the college level uh i'll start with the goalie with the the college stuff uh i would be i would be pretty surprised if portillo signed with buffalo uh all signs from even before the season started pointed towards him maybe deciding he wanted to hit free agency um he had a he had a great year last year with michigan it was an all-star team they had at michigan mm-hmm. uh, it's still a very loaded team they have there i mean luke hughes is one of the best players in the country at the college level uh mackie samuskevich is a, is an impressive forward he's extremely good um and michigan's you know as usually happens with college teams the second half starts up and everybody starts to figure there's figure things out and the the the, uh, the league conference schedules are steady and you're like okay the, they're figuring it out, but, um, but I think Portillo see, he might see, you know, you, I mean, it's a lot about reading the tea leaves. Like he understood that they were very hype on, on Levy. Like they understood that. He's like, okay. Uh, if you don't want to come, if you don't want to compete with a guy like that, like, cause you're looking at compete competing with him, like head to head for your entire career, which mm-hmm. Not great, especially when you have Lucan in there, who's only a few years older than you. And oh boy, look, he's now establishing himself in the NHL. Well, that takes away one job in the NHL. Like you're looking at a future where you're like, well, how many years am I playing in Rochester? If I, you know, when I sign on, is it going to be one year? Is it going to be two years? Is it going to be three? Is it could be four. Like, you know, am I going to be asking for a trade in three years' time? Like, who knows? Uh, and I think that's where Portillo kind of you might see where things are at. With that, pardon me, I had a cough. Um, nice, nice cough button, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you one of those, Charlie? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Levy Levy's gonna sign as soon as as soon as Northeastern season's done. Whether it's you know after you know if they get if they don't get out of the Hockey East playoffs or if they don't get an at large bid, he's gonna sign almost almost immediately. Um, Portillo, though, if you can include Portillo in a trade, we're into a place where he's like, "Hey, yeah, maybe I'll sign there." You can get a better return in that, mm-hmm. or if he's or if he's a tag along piece for you know for something to kind of sweeten the pot for a move you're making, that's fine too. Um, with with regard to Ryan Johnson, though, cough button again wins. Um, <laughs> Uh, when it comes to Johnson, I mean, defense, I, I'm thinking when it comes to looking at the defense, he's seeing how things have shaken out, uh, on the whole. Like, I mean, you look at Darlene and power and you're just like, Oh, geez, like, you know, where am I going to figure out into this, into this mix? And then you see Samuelson and you're like, there's three spots taken up right there. I think Johnson sees 
things maybe a little bit clearer now because there's not really anybody blocking the way in Rochester necessarily. I mean, the mm-hmm. everybody that they have uh, who's who's the depth for the Sabres <laughs> right now are guys that they signed in the offseason, you know, with Davies, uh, with Prisky, uh, and Clegg. Like, those were those were the guys that were there to be the fail-safes in case, you know, injury Armageddon happened again, uh, which it sort of did at the beginning of the season. But mm-hmm. um, so I think he's seeing that, and he's like, oh, I might be able to get in the NHL a lot quicker than if I was going to go somewhere else. So I... Johnson, I, I'm st- still torn as to whether he'll sign with Buffalo or not, but I think he might see the he might ha- have a clear look at things and go like, oh, I think I might be able to to, to jump in there really fast. And we're looking for a guy to be next to Owen Power for the next few years, so maybe that can be me, you know. And it'd be interesting, but uh, but yeah, it's it's like it like. The, the goaltending thing is just fascinating because it just seems so fluid. Mm-hmm. You know? And, you know, like Lance and I on the podcast all the time, we're just like, we're not talking goaltending this week. We refuse. We don't want to do it. And then we end up talking about it anyways, just because it, it's been, it's been to a right question now. point since like July, mm-hmm. you know, essentially, because you didn't know who was going to, how it was going to shake out, who was coming in. And then once Comrie comes in and Anderson came back, you're like, they're not really running with these two guys, are they? Like, what kind of year are they looking at? Uh, you're like, why don't they get a look at Lucan in? And now it's like, oh, they're doing all of it, and it's all doing pretty well. So take that, smart guys. But <laughs> um, but it's when it comes to, to, to Levy, it's I I'm I'm I try to keep everybody cool when it comes to how guys perform in college, just because it can be it can it can really just change at a moment's notice. Uh, and I mean, he brought like that Northeastern team brought a lot of the same team back from last year because they wanted to run it back because they, they felt that they had a, they had a good shot to go deep in the tournament last year and they didn't. And they said like, well, let's take it one more shot. Let's do this. Which I respect that. Uh, plus, you know, Levy needs more of the games too. Like mm-hmm. his freshman year got blown out by, you know, his COVID and injury and all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, but I, I think Roch fans will be happy to have him on board once the uh, once the season's up because they're probably going to have him for a year, maybe two even. It's possible. Um, but he, his second half starting off very good. His first half ended very poorly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, boy, okay. Like, and people stopped asking him to sign, uh, asking the team to sign Levy you know, at, at the midway break. Just get him in here. We need him. Like, no, guys, relax. It's going to take some time, but... Uh, but if he has a big second half, I mean, Northeastern wasn't in a great spot before. They're still kind of down on the power and the pairwise. And you get hot at the end of the year, you can go pretty far in college hockey. So, so Joe, this we're, we're, we think at this point the Sabres are are maybe a little bit ahead of schedule for where, where we thought they would be. That they are there are teams who expected to be much better who are in the exact same spot as the Sabres who are absolutely going to look to be buyers at the deadline and try to make a push. If I could ask you to uh, maybe put on, put on your thinking cap and, and think of you are typing out your newsletter on the night of the deadline. Mm-hmm. What type of moves are you expecting to, to write about that day? I'm thinking, uh, I, I'm thinking defensive depth help uh, or, if they have any question about 
how uh, Ryzen and Labushkin and Clay can figure figure things out in that part. I think that's a spot where they add. Uh, I it's very tough to see them adding a on the on the forward side, just because uh, they've been very fortunate to not have many injuries this season until I guess like right now. You know, we saw you know uh, Cousins take a shot in throat against what Winnipeg, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the Winnipeg game. And now with Thompson, you're like, okay, well, this is the first first couple times we've seen anybody get hurt on the on, on the forward side of things. So we'll see how that progresses and how that works itself out. But uh, I, I would think if there's if there's any length amount of time where Thompson's gonna if he was gonna miss like a fair amount of time, I think he, I think you I think you make a move to add somebody that's a little bit higher up the ladder uh, as far as you know scoring quality and whatnot. Uh, I think that's I think that's the kind of move that that's the kind of play that you make there. Um, so no, nothing big and sexy and attention grabbing. I don't I don't think so unless it's something that can be used uh, to to play things forward for the future. Like if it's a younger ish player um, that's a fit with this group that is that that can be secured for for years. I think that's a different story. Um, that's, that's where I think a guy like Timo Meyer is interesting because he's extremely good. Uh, he's 26 years old. So he's, you know, he's Alex Tuck's age. So that's good. Uh, but then you have to, you have to sign him after the season. He's an RFA, which is good because you don't have to worry about him leaving town right away. But also <laughs> you have to give him, you have to sign him for, a, you know, uh, a, a long-term ish deal just because, uh, you know, if you sign him for one year, it's like cool. Well, now he's UFA next summer. Cool, congrats. Right. You know, like you got to sign him for. I think in a per, like if the Sabers were allowed to, they would just be like, okay, we're going to give you four years, and that's all we're giving you, and you got to take it, and good luck, buddy. Like that's, I think that's that would be the perfect solution for them. But chances are you're going to have to give them seven or eight, uh, and it's got to have to be a pretty fat deal. Like we're talking Skinner money, and that's where I think that conversation gets a little little bit more difficult again looking down the road at what what who else you have to take care of that's where a guy like chicken's a little bit more interesting for me because mm-hmm. you, you have to give up a bunch to get them i mean all these guys anybody like meyer chicken those guys you have to give up a lot to get them um but i think in in chicken's case you can get like if if it doesn't work and he says he's not going to stick around because his contract goes for what two more years and then he's ufa so that could be a problem, uh, but if he tells you that he's that he's going to go hit the market, well, whatever you gave up to get him, you can get it back, trading him to somebody else as a as a rental, or maybe if you're a playoff team and looking to go deep in the playoffs, you just hang on to him and say, "Screw it, we're going for it." Like we'll see how it works out. And that way, if you win, you go far. Maybe he'll be like, "Ah, I love it here. This is great. We're we're going to go. We're going places. Let me just sign here, anyways." So. Um, so I'm reading between the lines a little bit here, but but I'm I'm not getting a sense that there's a tremendous push within the organization that we really really want to make the playoffs this year. It would be really good for our group to experience that, and we're going to push for it. I wouldn't. I, no, I wouldn't go as far as to say that that's the case. I would say that there, the, Kevin Adams is smart enough to recognize that this group is playing very well. That they are ahead of schedule. I mean, it's. I, I think this kind of conversation i think if we were having it next year it'd be like yeah this is where they should be Hmm. 
Um, I mean, they had, they had what, what 76 points last year. So you're thinking, boy, if they can get to like 90 points, that's a great, that's a great glow up and they're ready. They're ready to make the playoffs next year. Well, you're looking at maybe them being a 91 point team now, uh, and maybe better if things you know, work itself out that way. Um, but they're in the race. And I think Adams is smart enough to know that if you're in the race, you got to reward those guys. You got to give them a little something extra to kind of, kind of, uh, you know, to be like, we believe in you. Here's a little bonus that we're, we're trying to help you guys get there. Um, but they, but they also have a plan. It's, you know, it's the growth plan for everything for these, you know, for all these guys. Cause it is, it's a stupid young team. Uh, and you don't want to deviate from that. And you also don't want to blow up your room either. Like, you don't, you, know, you don't want to make things uncomfortable or, or whatnot. But um, I would imagine that everybody, everybody is on the same page. I just don't know what page of their book they're playing from, you know, like they, Granado, Adams, Terry Pagula, they're all, they're all working together. Like they, it's different than how it used to be where it was Tim Murray would squirrel away with his, with his with his assistants and then they they would decide to do something and then spring it on terry and terry would be like uh, i guess we're doing that or terry would say like that guy lost his love for the game get him out of here we don't need him anymore you know um uh it's it's different like it's it's a much more united front on that part i just i'm not i'm not sure how big a move you make to try to not ensure playoffs, but make give you the best mm-hmm. shot possible at it. I, I just that that's that's where I'm hung up with what yeah. they, what they might do. Well, I love that love for the game joke that doesn't hit as hard now that uh, Tage is playing well. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, that, I mean, that doesn't sting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, geez, you got a guy who could score sixty this year. It's like, oh, well, cool. We don't we don't need to go out and get. Uh, Make you know we don't need to go. They would never do it, but we don't need to go out and get Patrick Kane to score a bunch of goals for us. We got they have three twenty goal scorers or three four no four twenty goal scorers before you know at the All Star break they get you know four guys with with twenty plus and one guy with Crazy. thirty plus. It's it's nuts. So I mean, outside of Timo Meyer, the, the the other names that I'm hearing, and you know, I, I think we'll you know, we're almost ready to drive up here, but I'm I'm hearing uh, you know Jordan Greenway's names I've been hearing thrown around a little bit from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of more of a third line guy, I would think, but you know, he's a big body playing mm-hmm. in front of the net. I think that's something that Buffalo needs. You know, they need a guy in front of the net who can, you know, get 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 to those loose pucks in front of that and just be a big body. Yeah. Um, I'm also hearing Basher Demko. I don't know why goalie's being thrown around for Buffalo, but it doesn't seem like he'd be a fit. Yeah, I I saw Elliot had uh, Elliot Friedman had something about that, and I wonder if that's more from the outside view of things like a lot of us here think they have stuff figured out with goal. Cause you see how Lucan is playing. You're like, ah, he's okay. They're good there. Uh, you got Levy coming. You're like, okay, there's, there's your goalie, the future. But do we know what Devin Levy's going to be like in the pros? No, mm-hmm. we don't really know. Um, we know he's, ex- he's excellent in college. He was great at world juniors. That change from, college to pros is a big one like even the you know pros to or college to ahl to the nhl that scale up in difficulty is is really rapid that that moves up fast so i you know a guy like that i want to see him play in the ahl for like a year 
maybe two just to get the idea of where he's at because uh here here's here comes a here comes a sporkle uh sabers name for you i saw a lot of jason kasdorf in college and he <laughs> was an gosh. incredible college goaltender and when he became pro he i mean he played one game with buffalo like whatever i mean that was the part of signing um but he was not very good in rochester he was not very good in cincinnati and he's out of hockey now so you know he had injury problems through his career too but like that's always like my kind of warning sign. Like Kasdorf was is an incredible college goalie, but couldn't hack it when he got here. Um, which is unfortunate. That's not to say that's gonna happen to Devin Levy. I don't I don't think that's the case with him. I think he's going to be good. I just don't know if it's the level of good that people that fans are dreaming up for him, you know, because people are thinking like, well, he's gonna be the number one as soon as he's good to go. Well, maybe I maybe. don't know. Like, could. You might not make it at all. Who knows? Like that's that's where you're at. Demko's a known quantity. Now he's having an awful year. Uh, it's Vancouver, so every everything is just polluted by how radioactive that entire situation has been there all year. Um, and he's hurt. So it, it you're th- you're looking at. I think when you're looking at Demko, you're you're looking at a guy. It's like, well, we know what he is, and he's he's 27. For goalies, still, that's a perfect age for goalies because he's got the experience and he is good. Like his previous few seasons in Vancouver were outstanding. Um, and you know, I mean, geez, last year he should he could have been a Vezina guy last year. I don't know if he was top five or not, but um, but he was out. He was excellent. Uh, kicking the tires on a guy like that, I understand because if you're making a deal for him, you're sending a goalie out to make that deal happen whether it's, you know, Portillo or what have you. But um, to have him be your guy to close things out this year, I don't think that's I don't think that's the right move because he's still, like, what, three weeks away mm-hmm. right now, supposedly? So, uh, and I don't know that that's a deadline deal that you make either if you're like, okay, this is the guy that's going to cinch the goaltending situation up for us. Like, you know, you're talking about a guy who might play a handful of games before the deadline hits, and then you're like, uh, I don't know. And you know, his numbers this year are terrible. So, be taking a big risk saying that he's the guy that's going to save you, you know, save your ass and goal this year. But if it's a, you know, and he's signed for like what three more, three or four more years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's the guy that you're saying like, okay, that's our that's our goalie that's going to take us take us deep the next few years. I don't have a problem with that, but to me, that's an off-season trade to make, not not a deadline day trade. Um, Greenway is interesting because because of everything you said, Charlie. Like that's uh, the big body. He's physical. Uh, he'll fight if he has to. Like that's that's something that I think everybody agrees is maybe a little bit missing from from this this current group. Um, if they, I mean, we don't you don't need a guy like. I love him. I love Nick Deloria, but you don't need a Nick Deloria out there just grabbing guys and, and just starting fights and, and stirring it up. Like you don't necessarily need that. Uh, but a guy who has the skill that Greenway does and he's good around the net, he's good down low, uh, can score you the occasional goal. I get that. Um, and I, I wonder if he's getting mentioned now because Minnesota did pick up Ryan Reeves and Reeves has been kind of like a – he sparked them. It's, I, I don't know – I don't know what he does. He's magic. It's just everywhere he goes, just people like they're just kind of like, all right, this is fun now. Um, but Minnesota's been playing a lot. 
coincidence or not, they got him. So, uh, so I get it. But I mean, how do you not look at Minnesota's lineup and say like, can you just get Marcus Foligno back? Can you correct that? <laughs> Make it easy. Like the dude loves Buffalo. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he's from here. So like that. I mean, that's a big part of it. But my goodness, man, like that. That dude has such reverence for the city, and I think he. I think he would have a lot of fun coming back here, especially if they're good. Right, playing back here when it's a good team. He was here before when they were, you know, when they were a playoff team at least a couple of seasons. You know, he was young when he was well, no, twenty eleven. That might have been the only year he was there. Okay, so maybe he got a got a little taste of it, maybe. But, um, but like, I mean, you know, he grew up here. He knows what it's like. He knows right. he knows how the whole thing goes. He's it's it's Alex Tuck. You know, even before Alex Tuck, that's well, he'd, he'd be a good fit on this team, too. You know, I, I think you put him around with these young guys, they need to get, oh. in my opinion, they still need some more veteran presence guys around outside of Akpozo, mm-hmm. who's really going to help them, you know, learn, especially if they do make the playoffs. You yeah. need guys who a have that playoff experience, and b you need those veterans kind of keep the, keep the young guys, you know, under control. Um, the last name that I wanted to talk to you about, Joe, which I already know the answer to this, so I feel like I'm going to have to ask. But you, you talk about guys coming back. The last name that I keep hearing thrown around as well is Sam Reinhardt. <laughs> I don't think – I don't see that Buffalo making a move to bring him back, but that is a name that I have seen float around for Buffalo as well. Yeah, that that discussion's come up because Anthony Duclair is coming back soon for Florida, and mm-hmm. he's got a $3 million cap hit, and Florida is – LTIR and beyond what they've spent. So they got to like, they don't even have enough LTIR money to activate them. Like that's, that's, you know, like they, they are, they are strapped. Uh, So they're going to have to make a move one way or another. Everybody thinks big, thinks big when it comes to like, well, they got to get rid of a player. Well, they're going to get rid of Sam Bennett. They're going to Sam Reinhardt's the guy to go with. It's not usually that kind of move that happens to bring a guy. Cause they're like, no, like Florida's still trying to get to the playoffs. Mm -hmm. They're, I mean, they're behind Buffalo, but they're not that far behind. They're kind of right there, and Florida showed that they can be really good. They showed Buffalo that not too long ago. Yeah, that they can that they can play extremely well. And if Bob's on his game, I mean, Jesus, they had 124 points last year. They're the best team in the NHL in the regular season. Like, it's it, it, they're they're a team that I would be more worried about. I'm not I'm not wanting to make a trade with them. Would Sam Reinhart? want to come back here he might i mean i i don't think he's i don't think he would be as negative against it as, right especially as now especially now and granado coached them I, remember as soon as ralph was was you know shipped out to sea, granado took over and you know, sam was playing center for that for that team he had a great season like granado got enough of a taste of him to know that he's a good player and that he could do well here um where would he fit on this lineup is my question. Mm-hmm. Um, and who are you trading to Florida to make it happen? Like, cause they're not just going to be like, well, just give us a second round pick and we'll call it even. No, like he's got another year on his contract. Um, would Sam be a good fit here? I, I want to say yes. Cause he was good his last year here. Like right. that's, that's the thing that gets me. Uh, I would take him back before I, I ever thought about taking Michael back. Well, yeah. Well, I think that ships <laughs> sailed, and it was and it was nuked from orbit too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 fun to think about, and it's like he hasn't been gone that long. I think mm-hmm. like, that's the other part of it. I think I think maybe some of that stems from the fact that you want some of those guys that were part of that 
you know, that, that tank building situation to be here, to be part of it. And mm -hmm. like, Hey man, you put your time in, you yeah. earn this to get it, you know, get it, get in on it, buddy. Let's get you in there. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I can't see if you're going to get us, if they're going to trade for a guy named Sam off of Florida, I think Sam Bennett's the more likely guy, even though he's got one extra year on his contract, I think. But, uh, but I, I think if you're doing that, you're looking at him to, to be an quote unquote upgrade over Tyson Jost, because that's, that's the spot you're putting him in. Absolutely. Uh, final question for me. Um, simple yes or no. Do the Sabres make the playoffs this year? I'm going to say it's tough. That's <laughs> yes a no question. question is very right, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some time to think. I'll go first. Charlie, I'm going to say no, they do not. I think that uh, they're not really in kind of go for it mode here yet. If they, if they really wanted to like just make the playoffs, I'm sure they could find a trade. They could get enough pieces. They could get over. They could get some one-year goaltending. I don't think they do that. I think they want they want to let the guys in the room kind of grow and learn from it. And I think uh, with two weeks left in the regular season, they have a very disappointing elimination, and they grow from it. They learn, and they will not make the playoffs this year. Wow. See, uh, their there's second half schedule is pretty tough. Yes. It's a pretty tough schedule. I mean, they, they'll come back from break – you know, they get a home game at Calgary and then they go to California for three games, which to be fair, two or three of those games should be slam dunk wins, but we know they're not because we saw them lose to Anaheim uh, not that long ago. They did lose to Anaheim. No, no, they beat Anaheim. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm getting confused with Arizona. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, like, the, like they should beat Anaheim and San Jose easy. LA will be a tough game. But they just beat they just beat LA back in Buffalo. They did, they did. You know, but LA is right up at the top of that Pacific Division. They're they are a playoff team, as you know, as as we look at it right now. But I mean, like they, you know, they got two games at the Leafs left. Um, two or th two, three games. Two games. Have they even played the Leafs? I don't even think they played the Leafs this year. Have they? Uh, I think that the the game after the All Star break is the first game against Toronto all year. Uh, no, they played them back in November up in Toronto. Okay, the first right. home game, right? Uh, yeah, the only home game. Yeah, uh, will be in Feb uh, February twenty. That's right, first home game. That's right. Charlie, you coming up to go? You know, the, those are always fun, fun series. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's like they, you know, they got the Lightning, uh, Lightning and Panthers. Like they got that Florida trip. Uh, they got the Rangers. Uh, yeah, they're playing the Lightning twice. Mm -hmm. Lightning twice. Leafs twice. Uh, they got to go back to Boston at some point. Two at the Rangers, uh, yeah, two at Florida. I mean, that's it's Devils. <laughs> Forget about the Devils, how good they are. Indy, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Um, they, they were calling for I've never seen a coach go from being hated to love so fast <laughs> in one city, and then uh, they got another one with Carolina still, but that's closer to the end of the season, that's in April. So I'm, my knees are already shaking for that game. That, that, that there, I mean, there could be consequences on that game. Mm -hmm. uh, when we get down to it. Um, uh, but I, 
I, I got, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no, they're going to be so close that people are going to be paying by it. And I think you have to sol solve your wounds by, by saying like, well, you know, they did so well this year. They're only going to get better next year. And you can actually believe it. Like it's, and they have the money to do it. Right. Like that's, that's the other part of it. Uh, yeah, they got to play the stars again too. Jesus. Oh, jeez. Oh my God. <laughs> just making the schedule. But here's the thing. Like, I mean, game, like you can pick out your must win games. Like the, the Florida games, you have to beat Florida. Uh, the, ca the capitals, you have to beat the capitals. Uh, they got the Islanders still beat the Islanders, beat the teams that are around you. Um, and then, you know, figure it out from there and then beat the teams that you should beat. you know, the Montreal's, the, you know, the Ottawa's, the, uh, the flyers, like I mean, they lost, they got shut out by the friggin' flyers for, for God's sake, like, mm -hmm. you know, beat the flyers, the Columbus, they got two of Columbus still. So, um, including now the last game of the season at Columbus. So, I mean, you know, it's it's man, it's it's a brutal it's a brutal schedule, and like I said, there's part of it. I got to bring it up on the Sabers site. Um, I just want to say this is the longest yes or no answer of, of all time. Yeah, no, I'm I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm saying no. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, they they got 56 points right now with 32 games left to play. In my opinion, I think 95 gets you in. You know, maybe maybe yeah. maybe I'll. Maybe ninety-seven. I mean, I think they can win twenty games and find a way in. In, in my opinion, yeah. I just I, like I'm looking. I just look at the schedule, man. And it's it's, it's a tough schedule. It's a very tough schedule to come out of an all-star break, especially with with the young team. And in my opinion, they're going to be playing um, playoff hockey from the time they get back to the all-star break to, to the end of the season at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm looking here, 7, 14, 21, 28. So there's uh, 4, 7, 11, 15. They're doing another 15 and 28 thing from the end of February into March. Like, Yeah, that's, that's tough, yeah. tough stretch. Tough stretch. They three or four weeks have four games. And then <sighs> the last week of March, it's three games, fortunately. But it's, it's Montreal and the Rangers at home and then at Philly. And then the last... Last uh, si five of the last seven games are on the road. Oh man! And the two home games, one is Ottawa, and the other one's Carolina. Mm. So not I, easy game. Like Ottawa's, you should beat Ottawa, but it's not easy. Like that's, no, they struggled against Ottawa this year. They're a pain in the ass team. So it's a hard schedule. Yeah, it, it it's no. It's like it's like I said, it's no, but they're close. So you can kind of feel okay that it was close, but still have that. Still have that uh, venom in your stomach to be like they—they're gonna get them next year. They're gonna kill everybody next year. Yeah, you know it's all right. We're used to heartbreak in, in, in the city of Buffalo, and <laughs> you know you—you you went through your own heartbreak this season with the with the Lions, and you know got, uh, got screwed screwed out of the playoffs. But what else is new for them, Joe? Uh, no, they screwed themselves. Beat, <laughs> beat Seattle in the beginning of the season. Don't lose forty-eight, forty-five to a team that can't score points. They didn't bite enough kneecaps off this year. Well, they. Took Aaron Rodgers' kneecaps out, so that's true. That hey, at least at least it took someone's. Listen, I can't like listen. They, they finished nine and eight. Like I mean, they were three thirteen and one last year, right? Uh, but you could tell that they were getting better. 
as the season went on. Like once they finally won a game, you're just like, oh, okay, well they're they're no, more normal now. But nine and eight this year, and they play like crap. Like what? They were one and six the first seven games of the year. Like don't don't start one and six. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. Don't, don't lose forty eight forty five to Seattle. Like that's ridiculous. But you know, fire fire your secondary coach, and then suddenly your whole D gets better. <laughs> it's amazing how that works. Maybe, maybe yeah, maybe, maybe that's all Buffalo needs. Maybe Buffalo fire, you know, fire the safety coach. coach, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe you know, fire the safety coach. Maybe that's that's all they need to get over the hump. We'll see. <laughs> Comeback starts now. Like that's, that's right. That's right. That's right. I don't know who's playing safety next year, but you know, hey, why not? I mean, listen, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be Nick and I playing safety next year. So <laughs> the way we're going, <laughs> the way the way Taylor Cap's going, it looks like that way. Every every game, they're gonna pick a new season ticket holder out of the stands to play safety. Hey, Bob Johnson, you're the free safety for the season. Here's your jersey. Get out. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not uh, held responsible for any injuries or anything like that. I'm sure. Right. I'm past <laughs> your 40, 20.5. Perfect. Get out. <laughs> Don't share my 40 with everyone, Joe. Come on. <laughs> Nick, you got anything else for Joe? Uh, no, Joe. Thank you so much for coming on. Just tell everybody again where they can find you. Yeah, you find me, uh, again, find me at Bleacher Report. Find me uh, with the AP every now and again. And you can always find me uh, at notedhockey.substack.com. Uh, free and paid uh, subscriptions available there. Paid ones start at $5 a month. Join in. Join in on the fun and you know help me keep doing this whole wacky sports writing thing. It's helpful for everybody. And find me on Twitter, too, at Joe Yerdon, J-O-E-Y-E-R-D-O-N. All right, awesome, Joe. Man. Thanks so much. You can find us at the underscore process pod. Send us a question and you can get answered on our next episode. Charlie, send us home. Awesome. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Appreciate everybody listening. You can follow Nick on Twitter at uh, Nick Veronica on Facebook at by Nick Veronica. Find myself on Twitter at Chowit68 and follow the process podcast on Twitter at the underscore process pod. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in, appreciate everybody listening, but most importantly, remember to always trust the process.